Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast, y'all. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It is a big game feel, big fight feel in Indianapolis. I don't know what the animosity is like down there or up there, really, because I'm down here in Texas. But as always, I am Michael Taraz. That is one thing I do know. One thing, I, uh, Another thing I know is Rashad McGinnis is here with us. Destin Adams is still taking a leave of absence. He's on I guess vacation. I don't know. Um, we got to get our PTOs t- uh, papers together. But that Rashad, man, how are you feeling? It's a it's a pretty pretty big week for Indianapolis. Uh, emotions running high, man. I- I'm so excited that we put ourselves in position to make this such an important game. We, we took a spring of wins that we had to put together, but we're here at this point, man, and, and this got that big fight feel, like you say, that main event on that fight card. That big time UFC match that we all been waiting for. It's finna go down Sunday, man. Let's see what it do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We already here, guys. Now, of course, as always, I got to give a little salute to the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Ah. All right. So, you know, I actually enjoy this, this, uh, this little whiskey glass, the one I got down in New Orleans. Oh yeah, it's actually pretty. It's actually pretty cool. Call me old oh, it fashioned. Pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was a nice little touch. Uh, got it at one of those. I can't remember where it was, but I went to a street. It had like so many freaking uh, gift shop stores on it. Had a nice Ooh. little coffee shop where I went to go get some beignets at. Uh, uh, oh, could have been Decatur Magazine, something like that. Yeah, it it was somewhere in New Orleans. It was somewhere mm. I think in like. I wouldn't say historic district, but it was in New Orleans. I know that, okay? Um, Pretty good glass. I'm liking it myself. Probably already having it almost like on the past four shows I've done. But anyways, guys, (laughs) we can get into uh, Michael's fabulous knickknacks later on. We can do that on another show. That sounds like a podcast. That sounds like a podcast that will never be created because I'm just not like that. Uh, So anyways, guys, this is a big week, okay? It is a huge week for Indianapolis. Tennessee Titans are coming to town. They are on a roll, to their credit. They're on a roll. Uh, Not everybody gets to face the new Cleveland Browns in Kansas City. Uh, I I guess. I don't know. Uh, Whatever helps with them. But, Rashad, it's time for some big boy football. Time for some big boy uh, backyard football, if you want to call it. The Colts are looking to win the four last four out out of their last five, trying to get on a good winning streak. I mean, if we beat Tennessee, this will easily be our best win, in my opinion. It'll be our best win. Uh, Of course, you know, we all know we beat down on the Miami Dolphins, Jacoby Brissett, beat a rookie quarterback, Davis Mills, beat a one-legged Jimmy G in the rain. Um, This will be our our best win if we were to win, okay? It's going to be 
perfect weather conditions. It's inside a dome. And we'll get into it later, but it's looking like we're going to have a lot of the team there with us as well. So, hey, Rashad, if they do come out of here winning four out of the last five, man, what do you think that's going to do for this team's confidence and this fan base's confidence? Like you said, man, this week it's time to take the gloves off, put the women and children to bed and go out in the backyard and throw them hands, man. That's what we're doing this week. And I think this is the win that would put the league on notice. You know, a lot of people was doubting the coach. Coach wasn't getting a lot of respect. And I think it's actually because we was disappointing to some people around the league. A lot of people probably had us doing better than what we did, but we got hit with a slew of injuries and we had a very tough schedule to start. So no more excuses. This is the healthiest we've probably been this season as a whole. Uh, we got to go out there and get it done, man. Yes, they have Derrick Henry. Yes, they have A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones. We got to get it done. No excuses, no explanations. We just got to go out there and execute. And I think we'll be fine, man. But we beat the teams we were supposed to beat. Now let's go out and get a team get, and beat a team that we're not favored to beat. Absolutely. I think actually, I think we are favored by one point, surprisingly. I do believe. Oh, yeah. The line, the line did move. We started out as a one point, one point underdog. Now I think we're one or two point favorites now. Yeah, just just a one point favorite. Usually the home team always gets that three points. They always Mm -hmm. get they always get the standard three points. At first, it went down as even and Mm -hmm. and Vegas likes something they see from the Colts in this matchup, they upped it to one point. So maybe it's the injury report. Maybe it's the injury report. I have no idea. I I really don't give a damn as long as we win, man. I really don't care. Uh, But speaking of the injury report, man, the injury report came out for both teams the last two days for the Colts and the Titans. Surprisingly, easily, this is the best looking injury report all year for the Colts. Okay. So just, Looking at it, guys who have not participated two days in a row is really just Bo Beat Keys. That's really it. That's really it. Everybody else has been a limited participant, a full participant. Um, here, T.Y. Hilton was a no-go on Wednesday, but he did practice limited two days. So getting him out there would definitely be big. My, my biggest thing, man, when it comes to those leg muscles, man, the calves, the hamstrings, the quads, they got to be right for you to be able to play the position that these guys play, especially T.Y. Hilton. Uh, those are sensitive injuries. And looking at the Titans, speaking of sensitive injuries, Julio Jones has not been able to practice the last two the two weeks. This injury, hamstring injury, he's dealt with since last year. He's dealt with, he was dealing with it in, in Atlanta. But now it's just a constant nagging, nagging injury. In my opinion, not because I'm a Colts fan or anything, but if I'm Tennessee and I'm looking at it like, okay, maybe I might play Julio this year because of the implications on this game. If we win, we could probably have like, what, a four-game lead on Indianapolis, and it'll take a lot for them to catch us. Probably play him this week, but honestly, I would I'd probably put him on short-term IR, man. This, this nagging injury is stopping him from reaching his potential in this offense. And it's also stopping the Titans from reaching their potential in this offense. Now, of course, that's good for us this Sunday, but clearly, 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 this is going to be a big injury to watch this Sunday. Yeah, that makes them a different team, you know, when they don't have him. I mean, they're still so Derrick Henry focused and Derrick Henry centric. But as we saw last week, the Kansas City Chiefs did a good job of stopping Derrick Henry. I believe he only had 80-some yards on 25 carries. But the Titans was able to open it up with the passing game, mostly thanks to A.J. Brown. Uh, Julio Jones didn't do much. Uh, he just wasn't productive. He's just not himself, man. And you can see it out there. He lacks the explosiveness that, that we're accustomed to seeing him with. And I think as long as he – tries to give it a go every week he's never going to be able to fully rehab that injury and get it right so until you sit him down and sometimes you have to sit a player down against his will because players Mm -hmm. are always going to feel like they can go and as far as on the ty news that you covered earlier um frank reich spoke today and he said he was very optimistic that ty is going to play so he said he was pretty close to playing 
last Sunday. So they're pretty sure that he's going to play. And if he does play, um, that'll be a big significant boost. Uh, Braden Smith has practiced back-to-back days for the first time. He's pretty much uh, questionable. He's going to go. And I think this is going to be the first time the Colts have had their 100% offensive line together in the game for the first time this season, man. And that is a huge step. You want those guys to kind of build that continuity going throughout the season so that those guys become more accustomed to each other and they could get back to being what they was last year and the year before and being that dominant presence on the offense. Definitely. You mentioned the offensive line. Uh, Probably means we won't see any more Matt Fryer heartbreaks. Uh, Or we could put him at left tackle. So he'll still produce the same in the run game than Eric Fisher, and he'll probably pass block better than him. So that still remains to be seen. But Braden Smith did make his return to Colts practice. Jordan Wilkins has also made his return to the Colts practice. I think something, you know, just to get, I guess, a little bit away from the injury, just for a few minutes. Um, With this trade, potential trade going down with Marlon Mack, I truly think Chris Bowden hasn't pulled the trigger because Jordan Wilkins has been gone. He just wants to make sure he has that security in the backfield. He has that depth. I'm not sure if they trust uh, Deion Jackson or Benny LeMay. I'm not sure if they trust those guys to call them up. But what I do know is that he does trust Marlon Mack. He does trust Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. I think Naheem Hines is even dealing with an injury himself. I think last week after Sunday, he was walking off the field with a shoulder brace on or something. So something's probably going on with him. Um, so that remains to be seen again. But with Jordan Wilkins returning, I think the trade deadline deadline literally, I think on Tuesday, it's definitely, definitely going to be interesting to see. I mean, at this point, I mean, why not just trade him? Even if it's just a six-round pick, it's a pick nonetheless. And at this point, what does Marlon Mack even do? Give you five carries a game? Give that to Jordan Wilkins, man. Give that to Jordan Wilkins. I mean, at this point, I, I even said it uh, in the preseason. Jordan Wilkins is just too good to be the number four running back and not get any touches in a game. So I'm excited to see him back. I hope everything is good and fine with him, by the way. But I I definitely want to see a move be made, probably us get a pick or maybe a bottom of the roster player. Um, other than that, man, Jordan Wilkins is back. T.Y. Hilton has returned limited. Braden Smith is back. Rocky Sin is back practicing. Uh, I think other than that, yeah, Bo Beat Keys was the only negative on this injury report. Yeah, man, injury report is looking really good. And uh, one thing I wanted to say about the Jordan Wilkins thing, I think the, uh, just because social media and everybody is just so privy to information now that's going on that's really supposed to be taken care of behind closed doors, I think the coach did a great job of keeping whatever's going on with Jordan Wilkins. It sounded like it was a real personal thing and it was quiet about it and they dealt with it behind closed doors. And and now he's back. I'm glad that they decided to keep that information away from everybody. So it wasn't a distraction. We just knew he was dealing with something and they kept it isolated. They kept it in house and they dealt with it accordingly. And I'm just happy to see he's back, man. I I don't know what was going on with the brother. Uh, I was wishing them the best, the best and speedy recovery because it seemed like it was something serious for you to be gone two or three weeks and for it not to be disclosed to everybody what was going on. So I'm happy to see him back. I'm glad the secondary's back, man. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I like the potential of the Jaleel Adia sign. I don't, I know we didn't get a chance to touch on it, but um, that's a guy I got to see close up with the Chargers when my brother was coaching over there for two years, uh, spun a lot of time with him, actually got the medium, uh, a game in 2017, I believe, one of his best seasons. I think he's a pretty good, pretty athletic guy. He's 31 years old now, so he's getting up there in age. But I think he's a guy, a very smart guy that could come in and contribute right away. And he's definitely better than Sendeo. I can tell you that. And that's without even seeing him play. So I know it's going to be an upgrade. It has to be an upgrade over Sendeo. Um, that He had to go, man. He had to go. He He wasn't awful due to the fact that it was a monsoon outside, so it wasn't a lot of plays being made in the passing game. Mm-hmm. But the few plays we did see, it, it, it was his time, man. If we was going against somebody in different conditions that could spread us out and throw the ball, it would have got ugly. So 
I'm happy to see things uh, play the way it played out and we was able to sign a safety that, that has 62 games worth of starting experience. Definitely. Um, I'm with you with uh, Jahil, Jaleel Adai. I, again, he, he's a good safety. I think that's a really good pickup for us. I'm not entirely sure. I would imagine he plays. I mean, he was just signed on Monday, so that gave him a couple days to get to Indy and get into the practice room, uh, mm-hmm. get, get on the practice field, learn the playbook. It's a pretty simple, pretty simple scheme to learn. So as much NFL experience and knowledge that he has, sure, he picked it up right away. Uh, another plus, actually, is also Xavier Rhodes. He was dealing with that nagging calf injury on Sunday night, and it literally, look, he was out there on one leg, really. Xavier Rhodes in the last two years has dealt with some leg issues. So it, it's still lingering again. You know, maybe this is the last year he is in a Colts uniform, but he did not practice on Wednesday, but he was a full participant today on Thursday. So I'm still eager to see what the injury report looks like, who Frank Reich will announce as out. It's not looking like a whole lot, but definitely the Colts look like they have the advantage in that area. So before we move on and get into the injuries or into this game, really, we really got to talk about the implications of this game. The Colts are in a very dark place if they lose. (laughs) Hey, man, they are. They are. If they lose this game, I'm pretty sure they fall back about four games in the division. You've already lost to Baltimore. Uh, you, you, you've lost some games. It puts you behind in the win-loss column. I mean, we're what, the Patriots are ahead of us. The Steelers are ahead of us. Those are teams that we're not going to get to play, or the Patriots we're going to get to play. The Steelers, no. Uh, the Patriots, the Bills, the Raiders, those are three teams that are ahead of us right now that we're going to get to play this year. I completely forgot about the Raiders, honestly. I completely forgot that we were playing them. But that's mm-hmm. the second-to-last game of the year. Yeah. The Colts have they they this is a must win. This is a must win. Darius Leonard has already said it. This is a must win game. We can talk about trying to get to the playoffs and everything, man. But hell, man, why not host a damn playoff game? Why not host one? It it never hurts. Playoff games in Indy, man. You already know what great a host city Indianapolis is. I mean, you talk about the combine, the NFL draft, the NCAA men's championship. You talk about the big 10 championship. You talk about national championship. I mean, Indy hosts a lot of events and there's a reason for it because they are a beautiful city and it's an amazing host city. So I want this team to be division champions. Okay. It's definitely possible. I think if you lose, you fall back four. If you win, you're only back, I think, one game. So at this point, now is the time to take advantage. I mean, regardless of what happened on Sunday or what happens five days after Sunday on Thursday night, you got to take care of this game. You have to. It is a must win. If they win, I think their playoff projections go up to like, I think it was like 77%. I want to say if they lose, they drop to like 11. So this is a pretty big game. Yeah, man. Uh, major, major implications. You know, we've been, we circled this game since week three when we played them and we wasn't at 100%. Uh, Carson Wentz, we know, was playing with two sprained ankles uh, thanks to Aaron Donald in week two. Uh, my brother sends his apologies for that. But I actually talked to my brother, and he was saying, man, he was glad that they got the players early, man, because he said he we got a good football team. And he knew once we gelled that we was going to be a problem. He said, yeah, man, I'm glad we got that game out of the way early and caught them before caught y'all before y'all gel, because now y'all going to give this league fits. And this game Sunday, man, it, is a, it's going to be a testament of toughness. We're going to see how tough the Indianapolis Colts is. They went out and got a big win on the road Sunday night, primetime football. And that kind of got the league's attention. Now with the Titans playing the best football of the season that they've been playing, coming off of wins against the Bills and the Chiefs, two teams that, let's let's be honest here, everybody had the Titans losing to those two teams as far as the national media goes. And the Titans shocked everybody, man. They, they, they stepped up to the challenge. They're playing their best football. 
Uh, we stepped up to the challenge. We're playing our best football. And I can't think of a better time for us to play them in such hostile situation, man. Like, this is our season right here. You know, sure, if we lose this game, we can go on some impossible run and make the playoffs. But it's not likely to happen. If we lose this game, we're going to be fighting an uphill battle. We're going to have no room for error. And, and that's just not how you want to live in a week to week basis. So let's go out here. Let's get this game. We'll be down one going into week nine. And we have the Jets in week nine. And the Titans have the Rams on Sunday night football week nine. So I'm going to call in that favor to get the Titans knocked off week nine. And we're going to be fine. We're going to be we're going to be just fine after week eight when we pull up and get this win Sunday. Definitely. And looking at the playoff picture right now and it, it we're in what week eight. It's a little I guess you could say a little bit early to look mm -hmm. at the playoff picture. But right now, I don't think it is, especially with, you know, the situation we've put ourselves in and what it looks like going forward. I mean, if you look at the list, if you look at the playoff picture right now, you look at some teams that are pretty good. They've caught fire. They're on a roll, but can that be sustained through the, the entirety of the season? I mean, um, Las Vegas, can that be sustained? I, I don't know if that will. We will play them. So we have a chance to hopefully, you know, take care of them. Uh, Cincinnati, their defense is okay. I do think their defense is okay. Their offense is clearly going to be what takes them to the playoffs. I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow. Is on a roll. Joe Mixon is actually being consistent this year. Jamar Chase is being the bad man that we all knew he was. Clearly, some people forgot about that and thought Devontae Smith was the best receiver last year, but Jamar Chase was easily still the best receiver coming out of college. So looking at Tennessee, of course. Hey, man, I remember, uh, not to interrupt you, but I remember we had to fight a couple people about that, man. A lot of people were saying the gap wasn't that big. And right, you, right. you remember that? You remember I that? Remember I remember that. that. I remember yeah. it. Yeah. Not to call out any other names that had some <laughs> crazy draft takes and see where those guys are now. Like Chase and Waddle's not that far apart. Right, right. Yeah. Like, okay. like Russo and OA aren't ready to contribute now, but they're having better production than Teddy Pay. But okay. Um. Anyways, anyways, not trying to get petty or anything, but definitely still looking at Buffalo. We play them in a few weeks. Uh, they look that Buffalo's the real deal. The offense is the real deal. Their defense, safety tandem, high Poyer. They they are pretty good. Uh, looking here at Baltimore, that that game still stings. Um. Yeah. The Chargers. Yeah. The Browns, Baker Mayfield is hurt. Uh, the running backs are hurt. Their defense is hurt. Can they might be, be done. sustained. Cleveland they, might be done. They might be done. Pittsburgh, look, man, I ain't got no faith in Pittsburgh, man. Mike neither, Tomlin man. is probably the second best football coach in the NFL, and he doesn't get the credit for it. I, I definitely think he's my number two. I got much love for Andy Reid and Sean McVay, but Mike Tomlin is number two on, on my list, honestly. Uh but Big Ben, how far can he take them? They got Najee Harris, a guy that Destin refused to trade to me in fantasy because he makes some type of a difference or something for his team, and he's, like, only won one game or something like that in this league so far. So the Patriots are in front of us. I mean, when you look at the, when you look at the playoff picture, there's definitely room to catch these teams and get into the picture. Right now we're on the outside looking in. We are currently – Number 10, the Patriots are number nine. Steelers are number eight. Browns are number seven. Three teams that look very, very iffy. And for the Colts, we've talked about it. There's too much talent on this team to be 0-3, to be 1-4, to be whatever records we were. There was too much talent on this team. Carson Wentz is now healthy again. He is now in a rhythm. Michael Pittman is warming up. Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. Offensive line is getting healthy. Darius Leonard is back to being Darius Leonard. So things are looking good. Um, shout out Dan Orlovsky. He seems to be the only guy in the national media that believes in us while everybody just celebrates this freaking gumbo-eating dude in Tennessee. So look, man, we got to go ahead and get into it. All right. So any other closing thoughts on this playoff implications? I mean, a lot of those teams that that's tied with us that 
or even ahead of us. Some of those teams are frauds. I don't think they're going to last. I just don't see Oakland keeping this up. Too many times we've seen Oakland get off to good starts and just fizzle out down the stretch. Um, Cincinnati, I'm not sure if they're ready yet. They look good, though. They look good thus far, but I'm not sure if they can maintain this throughout the season. Um, I'm expecting – I'm still not sleeping on Kansas City. I, I think they can hit a switch offensively. That defense is just shot. And if Kansas City is going to win games, it's going to be shootouts, and that's just the way they're going to have to play this year until they're able to fix that defense. Um, who else we have? Cleveland, I think it's too many injuries with Baker, and it's still 100% so that he's that guy. And he's the guy and they have a big decision to make on his contract coming up real soon. So Cleveland has a lot of problems going on right now. They can't rely on that run game with Chubb and Kareem Hunt being in and out of the lineup. They're struggling right now. The Patriots, we'll see them later this season. I just don't think they're it offensively. Mac Jones is playing solid as a rookie. Is, yeah. I don't think he he's good enough to open up that offense, though, to the level that they need in order to make a playoff push. Their defense is going to have to carry them if they're going to have any type of success. So it's not a lot of threats. I think besides the, the legitimate teams I see is Buffalo, uh, Baltimore. And we've seen what we can do against a team like Baltimore. We had Baltimore beat. Mm-hmm. We, we, we lost that game. We blew that game. Uh, we have nobody to blame but ourselves and our defensive coordinator. So and under different circumstances, we may win that game. But – we know we can play with Baltimore. We have to see Buffalo later this season. We know how we played them in the playoffs. Extremely close game. Came within an eyelash of upsetting them in the playoffs last year. So I'm looking forward to seeing them this year to be able to test and see exactly where our team is among the hierarchy in the AFC. But this thing is wide open, Mike, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, man, I'm with you as well. When it Kansas City, I mean, you don't want to count them out. They're, they, they've been Super Bowl champions. Um I'm counting them out. I'm sorry. That defense is absolute trash. Their offensive line is struggling like crazy. Patrick Mahomes is making too many dumb uh, mistakes. I'm, I mean, Las Vegas and uh, L.A., the Chargers, have definitely given more indicators that they can take care of business than Kansas City has. The whole time, the last two years, and I've been saying it for two years, and for some reason people now want to jump on the train that their defense is trash, and Patrick Mahomes has to be Superman for Kansas City to be great. And although he's done that easily, it looks like, now you're seeing it that once the offensive line is a problem, once the defense is truly a problem, he's trying to be doing too much. There are times where, I mean, we want to discredit Carson Wentz for holding the ball too long. Patrick Mahomes holds the ball too long. But we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to. He refuses to throw it away. He refuses to throw it away. So if we're going to be consistent, let's be all the way consistent, and let's not just praise and protect the media, darling. We got to remember that Kansas City right now is down and out. Um, I'm counting them out right now because when your defense is just sorry, your offense is just sorry, and it's been that way for seven weeks straight, Not this isn't just an, a, a fairy tale. It's been every single week they've had problems so can they just get it all together maybe but right now they're playing inferior teams and losing to them so what happens if they face inferior teams superior teams what's going to happen there so i'll just have that again i think the colts are gaining some momentum they're way too talented to be on the outside looking in and that's where we're going to get into right now getting into finally the colts versus titans preview episode it's time to talk about whooping some titan ass that's what it is all right so you already know how it goes we're gonna get into matchups that we like matchups that we don't like talk about how we're gonna kick their ass and walk out of lucas oil with a win of course so rashad kick us off man what is matchups you like in this game the matchup i like and don't take mine oh well i'm probably gonna take yours is um, we spoke about the injuries earlier. We spoke about Christian Fulton being hurt. We spoke about Caleb Farley being hurt. All they have is Jackrabbit Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins. I'm going to go with my man from USC, Fight on Trojans, Michael Pittman against anybody. 
any cornerback, you pick the matchup, any person in the Titans secondary. Michael Pittman got their number on speed dial. He going to be calling that thing all game Sunday. Throw it to me, man. None of these dudes could guard me. I love that matchup. The Tennessee Titans, they not prepared to guard this new Michael Pittman. Yes, this is a new Michael Pittman. Carson Wentz has unlocked Michael Pittman. Frank Wright has unlocked Michael Pittman. They took the shackles. They took the chains off of him. They have unleashed him. The boy is a junkyard dog, man. The boy is a junkyard dog. Mike is screaming and punching the air right now because he probably was going to take that matchup when Michael started thinking about another one because that's the matchup that I love this week. Michael, junkyard dog, Pittman against anybody in this Tennessee Titans secondary. You're still muted, Michael. <laughs> Michael, you're still muted. Michael. Oh, my bad. My Thank bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, too much crazy stuff going on right now. Um, I mean, he is my guy, so I, mean, I guess you can have that. He went to my Actually, college. I guess right he. I, I guess you can have that, right I, I guess. Uh, just flat out disrespectful. Um, <laughs> so I get that. That is a good one, okay? I mean, you did say all they have is Jack Rabbit. That's not much to have. It's not 2013 <laughs> anymore, okay? He's not going up against Des Bryant. He's going up against Michael <laughs> Pittman. Okay? Right. Um, he's going up against Michael Pittman. Des Bryant right now is actually in Section 303 at AT&T Stadium watching a team play football, not play. So uh, that, that that is big facts right there. Big facts. Just like Kevin Gates says, big fact, big fact, big fact. Let's go. Let's get it. Uh. Damn, I don't even know if that's actually him that sings. I, I, I don't know that's uh, that one. But uh, getting back on track, of course, matchups that I like. I'm actually going to go. Uh, man, that's the one matchup that I know that we have. Julian Blackman is out. <laughs> uh, man, but I think. I think the matchup that I'm going to like is Uh-oh. our Uh-oh. secondary facing their wide receivers. I think I'm going to like that matchup because with Julio Jones, again, and I've said this many times, if you watch this show consistently, those hamstring issues linger and they hurt. Okay. It's one thing to have like a strained pec muscle and still be able to go out and take a hit. That's, that's one thing. But the hamstring, you rely on agility. You rely on speed, jumping, explosion. Everything Julio has had to be the dominant receiver this decade that he's been. And now it's lingering. I mean, what? I don't even think he's had a game over 70 yards all year. So really, take him out of the equation. Of course, you still want to cover him. But right now... Now you think about A.J. Brown. Okay, Rock, Xavier, take your pick. We're going to try and lock him down. Now, A.J. Brown is a dog. He is a man. He is great. Let's not get that confused. I'm not trying to say that they don't have dogs, but one dog is on one leg, and the other one is actually fully healthy, and the other ones, they suck. So other than that, I'm going to take that matchup, okay? I think if you – If you truly ask Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball to win this game, I think we'll come out on top. Now, that all hinges on, you know, if you're taking care of the run game on defense, if you're begging Ryan Tannehill to win this game with his arm, now he's fully capable, don't get me wrong, but I would kind of like what Destin said about Lamar Jackson. If he beats you running the ball, That's what he's good at. That's what he's the best at in this league at the quarterback position. If he beats you running the ball, you'll walk away. You'll walk away saying, hey, we did it. Something that he wasn't good at before, again, before, was throwing the football accurately, consistently, and that's what he did to us that Monday night. With Ryan, the biggest factor for him, keep him contained. Don't let him run. He's very underrated for a running white boy, okay? He's very underrated. He can run the ball, all right? But – to ask him to sit in the pocket, pick us apart. I have a hard time believing that he'll do that. 
I have a very hard time believing that he'll do that. I can't remember the last time that he did do that. I'm over here running out of breath. Um, I can't remember the last time that he did do that. So I like that matchup. Julio Jones, I believe, even in the last game, even in the last time we played when they beat us, Julio Jones was out for the game for like, I think, what, the second half? Yeah, he didn't play. And A.J. Brown was out. Yeah, both of them. So as long as we don't let freaking Chester Rogers beat us again, Kenny Moore, as long as you don't let that happen, we should be okay. I I like that matchup, honestly, with our secondary. We still got Kari Willis. We'll see what kind of role Jaleel Adai makes. Holy sh- uh we'll we'll see what they make um with of course George Odom we'll see what they do with that but I will take that matchup getting into matchup matchups that we don't like um dang uh you know what Rashad I'm gonna actually let you go first and I'll go ahead and let you take the easy one I'll take the other one that will be thought of outside the box Okay, well, I'm going to go front door then. Since you allowed me to go first, I'm going to go front door. And normally this is a strength of ours. You know, uh, we've been stopping a run really, really well lately. But uh, last week, in, even though it was in the monsoon, we gave up 100 yards to Elijah Mitchell and the San Francisco 49ers rushing attack. I'm going to go match up. I don't like his Derrick Henry, man. I just got to go with it. it. It's obvious. It's front door, like Mike said. We know with the way he's been playing recently, man, he is on another level. This guy is the leading rusher in the NFL by 290 yards. Second is Jonathan Taylor. And we know the way Jonathan Taylor's been playing, lights out. He he averages more yards per carry than Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry is getting the workload. And I know the Tennessee Titans is going to make the concerted effort to get him the ball early and often. And I just, I'm not worried about us in the first and second quarter in the third. I'm worried about us in the fourth quarter when everybody's banged up, we're tired, we're ready to go home. Is he going to be able to put us away in the clutch moments? I need us to be able to step up and and fill in the run game and stop this guy from running for 150, 140 yards, man. We can't allow that to happen if we want to have any success. But that's the matchup that scares me the most, man, is King Henry. Will we dethrone him on Sunday? Yeah, that was the obvious one, obviously. Our run defense is still very questionable. Um, It's something that has been sort of a problem all year. And when we need a stop, we don't get it. Whether, I mean... In the last game, being in the rain, of course, we were able to get some stops. When the rain let up, boy, did that go away. So my matchup that I don't like is, well, I mean, I guess you can see this coming, but the matchup that I don't like is going to be Harold Landry and Bud Dupree going up against Eric Fisher. That's going to be the matchup. That I absolutely hate. Okay, I, I'm going to hate it. Braden Smith is going to be back. Chris Reed, Mark Lewinsky, I don't care. Take your pick. But they're both good. Ryan Kelly is finally getting a lot more healthier. Quentin Nelson is back. Had probably his best game of the year on Sunday night. Eric Fisher going up against Harold Landry, who has had a respectable year. Bud Dupree, who has had a respectable year. Mike Vrabel's bringing a lot of heat from these from both of these guys. They're also bringing a lot of blitzes, and that's just something that they can do in the last game. That's all they did because they knew they could do that. They knew they can blitz Carson Wentz every single down. It didn't matter if it was a run or a pass. If it was a run, we're blitzing, and we're going to stop you. If it's a pass, we're going to blitz, and we're going to stop you. Wentz was a sitting duck. Wentz was a sitting duck. He... That was the worst game, easily the worst game of the year so far. Two high ankle sprains on both ankles. Wasn't able to run anywhere. Wasn't able to step up the way he would like to, the way we've seen him do a cu- these past couple of games. And the fact that Tennessee got that version, but now they're about to get this virgin, version, they better think twice. They better think twice. Don't, don't step in that quicksand, Mike Vrabel. Don't step in it. Because Carson Wentz is going to make you think twice. The matchup I hate, though, is the guy that has shown 
that he can't stand in front of a toothpick. That's the matchup I don't like. If a they can pick? throw, if they can, if they can throw route concepts away from him, have Carson Wentz roll out, whatever the case may be, take that. Oh, just, just, oh man, I really don't like how Eric Fisher has played. Yes, he's a good run blocker, but when we need it, he has to deliver on the pass blocking. Okay, it's not going to happen. He's not going to get benched. Okay, he's not. But I, I, I'm just saying, I would like to see Matt Pryor over at that side. All right. Um, but other than that, that's one that I really don't like with everything else. Uh, it looks like a pretty even, pretty even matchup, man. A pretty, pretty even matchup. I mean, you, you got two teams here that are just going basically all over the place, really. Um, one, the consistency is kind of weird on both teams, but you know that Derrick Henry is dominant. Uh, the Colts are going to have their hands full. So getting into some keys to victory now, Rashad, kick us off. What is one key to victory that the Colts need to do to make sure they walk out of Lucas Oil Sunday with a win? A uh, heavy dosage of Jonathan Taylor, man. Heavy dosage. Uh, over the last four games, he's been phenomenal. Jonathan Taylor, like I said, he's the number two rusher in the NFL. He's averaging three yards per carry after contact like that's a nuts stat three yards after contact is the put it in context it's the most um by any running back in a decade that that's how uh, i believe is adrian peterson i saw that uh, earlier today adrian peterson was the last one to average three yards uh per carry after contact like that's how nuts this guy has been playing this guy has been at a all time level. He just haven't been getting the carries or uh, he his numbers will be up there with Derrick Henry. I think Frank Reich is being very smart by not overusing him and running him down to the ground. We saw him, uh, they say he took a little bit of a rib injury. So he was a, a light limited practice uh, yesterday, but he'll be fine. He's ready to go. He said, uh, fun fact, this is the first practice he's missed since college and high school so he's never missed a practice in his coach career his wisconsin career and his high school career so this was new for him this guy is an absolute beast and he's coming into his own and what's most impressive he's 22 years old a lot of tread on them tires mike what's your key my key is gonna be man i i don't know I really don't know how you're going to do it. And this is for any team, really. But I'm going to go with the obvious one. Limit limit Derrick Henry, man. Limit Derrick Henry. I don't care if you put nine dudes in the box. Limit that man. Let me ask you a question. Switch it up a little bit. Okay. So, right, going off your philosophy that you just said, if the Colts, let's just say hypothetically, let's just say the Colts decide to go eight men in a box all game against Tennessee. Okay. And and, and we hold Derrick Henry to 57 yards rushing. But Tannehill, but Tannehill and A.J. Brown beats us. Are you upset? Honestly. No, I'm not. I'm not because you took away the one thing that drives this offense. You took that away. And if you can take that away, we know what A.J. Brown represents. We know who he is. I'm not going to be mad about that. He's okay. a great player. He I'm is. not, not going to be mad about that at all. It's but, a pick your poison kind of thing, but yeah. you got to go with the most deadliest poison. You have to go t- with the deadliest poison, especially yeah. what's going to tire you out most, Derrick Henry or A.J. Brown. That's the thing. So, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know how. I really don't. Okay, we I've talked about I was even on culture shock with Marcus talking about this defensive line. I just don't know how, man. I I really don't. These guys, are they going to be able to get a push up front? Are they going to be able to disrupt the linebackers? Are you going to be able to get off those blocks that come to the second level? Because, you know, they're going to be hunting for you. You know, they're going to be hunting for you. Can you get those hands off of you? Make a tackle, make a play. I would probably expect a heavy dose of Zaire Franklin, Matthew Adams combination 
Uh, I wouldn't even be opposed to five down linemen. I wouldn't even be opposed to that five down, five, two, four, basically a five, two, four, five down linemen, two linebackers. And of course your four, your four, uh, secondary, secondary Mm -hmm. guys, or I wouldn't even be opposed to five, three, uh, five, three, three. I wouldn't even be opposed to that. Get two corners, one safety and three linebackers and five down safety. Two corners, one safety. Have Kari Willis back there because you know he's capable of it. He was when in his rookie year. He showed that capability. So have him sit back there. Kenny Moore, have him out. Rocky Sin out. Just interchange Rock and Xavier. Keep the consistency going. Interchange Kenny Moore and Isaiah Rogers. Keep that contained. That Honestly, that would be my game plan. Honestly, if I'm being truly honest, I'm looking at Julio Jones. He's probably not even going to make it to the fourth quarter. A.J. Brown, put my best guy on him. The running backs, all hands on deck, honestly. That's really what I would do. Uh, if we're not, I, I don't, their offensive line, in my opinion, easily is going to be better than our defensive line, only because of the edge players, Okay. What are we going to get from Quiddy? What are we going to get from al What are we going to get from uh, Isaac Rochelle? Oh, almost threw up when I even said that. Um, Lewis. Dude, it's going to be the biggest thing. But this key, yeah. again, limit Derrick Henry. I'm not saying stop him for 20 yards. I'm not saying stop him for one touchdown. And I, I don't know, man. Just, just, don't, don't, let him just don't let him go get 180. Just don't yeah. let him get go 150. Yeah. Don't let yeah. him do that. Just don't. I mean, it's one thing to say it. It's another one to go out there and do it. The crowd's going to be behind you. And I don't know, man. It just limit Derrick Henry. What is your next key to victory, Rashad? Um, my next key to victory is, is not at you. Uh, taken away. I think we listed the obvious offense and obvious defense thing. Um, I'm going to go with something that not a lot of people's talking about, but I think it's get Naheem Hines involved. Uh, not necessarily traditional running, but uh, there's multiple ways to get him the ball, man. I want to see some some more creative ways to use him. Maybe some two-back sets with him and Jonathan Taylor in at the same time. I like to see him catch some screens. Uh, I know we we uh, wide receiver core is hurt. Hopefully we're getting T.Y. back. We know Paris is out. Uh, find some creative ways to get Hines the ball, man. He hasn't touched it much in the last three games. And it's unfortunate because he's a big play component in our offense. But because we've been getting big plays from Michael Pittman, we've been getting big plays from Jonathan Taylor. Mo Ali Cox has made some big plays. Uh, find, I think John, I think Naheem Hines can be an X factor in this offense. Find some creative ways to get him touches, especially if we're on the ground with it, because I think the key to this game is keeping that Titans offense on the sideline. If we can run the ball really well, which I think we can against this Tennessee defense with Hines and Taylor, we can find a way to limit the amount of possessions that Tennessee has the ball. And and, and I think also that's going to be a key to securing a victory is clock clock usage turn that clock clock management is going to be big on frank Wright's behalf and i think that's a way that we can slow down this titans offense my last key to victory here is going to be you touched on it get jonathan taylor involved we keep on harping on the run game we keep on harping on you know just keep running the damn ball but you got to understand now times have changed we got a young bull at wide receiver. We got an older bull who is still a bull at wide receiver as well, who is coming back most likely this Sunday. I think Jonathan Taylor is very important. But if you look at those problems in the secondary, why in the hell would Frank Reich not have Carson Wentz throw it 40 times? That's my answer. Why? Christian Fulton is down. Caleb Farley is down. Monty Hooker. Monty Hooker. Attack that secondary. Attack it. I'm I'm honestly I'm honestly expecting 40 passes. 35 minimum from or at least maybe 35 minimum from Carson Wentz this Sunday. I'm honestly expecting that. Yes, you can run the ball, but honestly that's almost the strength 
of the Tennessee Titans. That's almost a strength on their defense. Okay. Their front is stout. Their front is tough against the run. Okay. But if you look at that weakness in the secondary, I got T.Y. Hilton, who is T.Y. Hilton. I got Michael Pittman, who is on a roll, who can draw defensive pass interferences, who can win jump balls, who can create separation. Why would I not use these two guys? Why would I not scheme these guys open? I also got a six foot seven tight end who is on a roll. Why would I not get him involved? You also mentioned Naheem Hines. Get him involved. I love the fact that we're going to rely on a run game, but the last thing I want to be is become the Tennessee Titans, where if if all we do is just rely on the run, that's who we are. No, that's the purpose of Frank Reich's offense. That's why he dishes it out to everyone. That's why this offense is designed to dish it out to everyone, because no matter what we do, No matter who I hand it off to, no matter who I throw it to, it is going to be a plus play. It is going to be a big play, no matter what. We got Jonathan Taylor. He's going to do what he does. I expect him to get his touches. But walking away from this game, I need T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman to have, what, like eight targets each. I need that from both of these guys because if that happens, man, I could already I could already pencil this game in for a win. We already know the offense moves when Michael Pittman gets the ball. We already know T.Y. Hilton is a big, big, big component to this offense. So one thing, let me ask you. Let me question. Let me ask you about that, about that game plan. Remember, you said what your uh, matchup you didn't like was, though. If you ask them to throw the ball 40 times, those tackles have to protect 40 times against this Tennessee pass rush. That's asking a lot for them, Mike. I'm afraid for them. This secondary is weak, but the pass rush are you scared for are you scared for them or Eric Fisher? Well I'm scared I'm gonna say them right now because I don't know what Braden's gonna look like. Remember the last time we saw Braden was against Seattle and Daryl Taylor was destroying him. Uh-huh. So Braden hadn't looked like Braden although we only saw him for one game. So he he didn't look like himself either in week one. So I'm scared for both of them as of now, but I don't think I got to worry about Braden. I think Braden Smith will be fine. So do you think they can hold up if we throw the ball 40 times? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I, I definitely think, especially if you're dropping back to pass, Jonathan Taylor's going to be back there probably helping with pass blocking or what we know about Frank Reich's offense the running back is going to go in the flat and be the check down guy. So if Carson Wentz has that awareness in the pocket, man, dump it down, dump it down or throw it away. Don't force anything stupid. Don't force anything. These stop the shovel passes, please. For the love of God. Um, Other than that, hell yeah. If I look at that weakness, why am I not going to attack it? That's my question. If that is their weakness, why would I go away from it? Why? I mean, yeah, you want to run the ball to set up the pass. I don't care how you do it, honestly. As long as Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton are getting these targets, getting these looks, I'm fine with it. If, Jonathan, if you dominate the first quarter with nothing but run plays and then open everything up, I'm okay with it. If you open everything up and then go to the run game, I'm okay with it. All I know, Hilton, Pittman, Taylor, that is a beautiful triangle to have as a quarterback. That's just, you can go anywhere, honestly. So in my opinion, you got to get these guys the ball. That's my key to victory, okay? That's my key to victory. So, guys, this has been a fun episode, okay? It is a huge, huge game. So many implications change. The outlook on 2021 is going to look different whether you win or you lose Sunday. If you win, man, we got a chance. Now we're in business. Now we can get the ball going. If we lose, damn, now we're going to start scoreboard watching. We're going to start scoreboard watching. We're going to, the margin for error is shrinking. And I even tweeted it out on Sunday when they beat Kansas City, when the Titans beat Kansas City, the Titans themselves are decreasing the margin for error for the Colts. So now, while it's in your favor, because remember last year, 
We lost to Tennessee on our home field. We lost to Tennessee in the whole rest of the way, the, the rest of the year, we kept scoreboard watching. Can we get ahead of Tennessee? This year, you can't do that. Take care of the business now that it is in front of you instead of wishing on the Houston Texans like last year if they can beat them. No, you had two shots at them to beat them. You had one, came up short, okay. But now you have another one. You've picked up momentum. They've picked up momentum as well. They're feeling themselves. You're feeling themselves. Let's get it on. It's the football field. Let's get it. Take the gloves off. Haymakers all day. And I don't know about you, man, but I'm ready for this game, man. Let's get into some predictions, all right? Um, let, 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 let's get it, Rashad. Come on. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, start us off. Well, man, I'm going to go with a very close game, but – a pretty high-scoring game. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans losing to the Indianapolis Colts with a score of 27 to 24. I think the Colts find a way to get it done. I do think Derrick Henry has another 100-yard game. That's just pretty much the inevitable. But I do think the Colts find a way to limit the passing game. A.J. Brown maybe get his, get a touchdown, but that's it. I don't think Julio's going to have a, a that big of a game on us. I think we we limit all the other receiving options, Chester Rogers and, and Fersker, the tight end. Uh, I don't see none of those guys making an impact. And remember, man, last last time we played those guys, we got beat by second-rate wide receivers, man, and, and backup running Jeremy Nichols, uh, beating Darius Leonard for a touchdown, uh, Chester Rogers beating Kenny Moore on the touchdown and out the slot. Like, that's, those things are not going to happen this time around. Uh, 27-24, Colts win, man. All right, I like it. 27-24. 27-24. I like it. Uh, in this game, I'm going to take the Colts as well, man. I'm going to take the Colts okay. as well. Okay. Um, Again, dude, I don't trust this defense at all. I, I'm going to keep saying it. I don't trust them at all. That's not going to change. Um, but what I do trust is Frank Reich. I trust this offense. I trust Darius, Darius Leonard's, uh, what could have been future in boxing. I do trust that right hand. So I'm going to take the Colts in this game. Uh, I'm going to say the Colts 34, the Titans 24. I'm going to go 34. I'm going to go 34. I'm going to go 34, 24. And like I said, you're not going to completely stop Derrick Henry, but if you can limit them, force a couple turnovers, you are in this game and you can win this game. If the game goes like that, the game is in the Colts favor. So I have it 34, 24. Rashad has it 27, 24. It's going to be a game, guys. It is going to be a huge game. This, honestly, at home, this has probably been the biggest game since what? Uh, Man, I can't remember when the last time a huge game like this came to Indianapolis. I can't remember. Even uh, last year. Even last year. What was the Jacksonville game? What was that game at? Uh, it had to be Jacksonville to get in the playoffs, I believe. Last game of the season. I think that was last year. Yeah, it was last year. What was it though? Was it in Jacksonville or was it? In, in it was in. It was in Indy. Okay. Yeah, that's probably we started the we started the season in Jacksonville. Yep. So it was in Indy. That was the, probably the last biggest game. But we had to win that game to get in, and we needed uh, somebody to lose. Can't remember who it was. I mean, it I, out I, I remember in terms of I'm talking about in terms of a battle because Jacksonville sucks. Oh. We knew we were going to beat them. They suck. So the last time, in my opinion, the way I'm feeling, the way I'm viewing this game, the last time I remember a game like this was probably, probably Peyton's return. Honestly, you knew a good team was coming to town. There was a lot of implications on that game. This is a huge game. So I, I can't stress that enough. I've said that like maybe 10 times this podcast already. It is the biggest game in Indianapolis for some years now. It is. I agree. 
we've, we've played the Packers. We've played the Rams. We've played the Patriots. This game is big time, and they got to come with it. So, guys, we'll see what happens Sunday. We'll definitely see what happens, all right? Make sure you're following your boys, Rashad McGinnis, King of Colts on Twitter. Make sure you're following me, Underdog Sports 4, and make sure you're following the Blue Stable as well, guys. Once again, if you're listening on audio, if you Apple Podcast, Spotify, make sure to like and also subscribe to it. Follow us. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to comment, subscribe, like the video, thumbs up for a Colts win, okay? Shout out fansided. Shout out fansided as well. We can't forget about that. We are the official Colts podcast of fansided, all right? And we're going to be the official Colts show when we whoop that ass this Sunday, all right? Yeah, are you with me? Are you with me, Rashad? Yes, sir, man. Let's get him out of here. Let's get him out of here. All right, man. Get the hell out of my uh, podcast. I will see y'all Sunday. <laughs> ready to talk about it on, man, Rashad, if we win, what you want to do, Sunday night or Monday? Let's talk about this right now. Hmm. I don't know. We might have some special Monday. Remember that? Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. Maybe. We're working maybe. on some special Monday. So okay. I don't know, man. All right. All right. I got you. I got you. Well, we'll see. You we might sometime. do two. We might do two. We might, we might pop do up two. We just shop. might. Okay. Special guests coming on Monday. All right, guys. So once again, here's Rashad McGinnis. I'm Michael Tarazas. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blue Stable Podcast. Go Colts. Let's whoop that ass. We will see y'all next week. Yes, sir.